Killer, a thriller comedy that will leave you breathless. When you can take the pebble from my hand, it will be time for you to leave. Ninja, the tea party's over. Hi everyone, it's the Asian Action Cast. No one else has jumped in, so I'll jump in. My name is Scott, and with me tonight is Nathan. Hey, hey! Michael. Hello. And Rachel. Hi. Our regular host, Sam, is not here, so um, we're just going to wing it, like we always do. How's everybody doing tonight? I'm doing pretty good. I'm still a little bit snotty. Like, I don't know how great I'm going to go. I might sound terrible on this cast. Nasally. Nasally, Nathan. Well, anyway, on the pleasantries, uh, let's listen. Get straight into it. Tonight's movie is The Killer, the 1989 John Woo Chow Yun Fat movie. Produced by Su Hark. Yes. This movie, like I said, came out in 1989 and made about uh, 18 million at the Hong Kong box office. Okay. And other movies out of the time in Hong Kong were Aces Go Places 5, oh, Better Tomorrow 3, God of Gamblers, really? P- Pedicab Driver, and The Peacock King. Oh, Peacocking was pretty cool. And those last two we, we've done before. Or well, we've done God of Gamblers, I believe. Yeah, we've done. Yeah, or did we do God of Gamblers too? I think we did the second one. Yeah. Yeah, um, I'm surprised because I don't think I've ever seen a Better Tomorrow three. How many of those are there? Three. <laughs> well, I thought there might be seven. You never know. Aces Go Places has like twenty six. So who knows? Mm. <laughs> so, so we're probably talking peak time, fat time. Yeah. Um, it's so the killer. Classic of Hong Kong cinema, one of the greatest films of that era, I would say. Kind of something I've, we've been putting off for a while because it's one of those... It's like Drunken Master 2. You're not going to do it because everybody's seen it. It's a great film. What are you going to add to the conversation? And the answer is not much. i got nothing to tell you. I, <laughs> nothing. Really? It's, a, it's amazing, but i got nothing to add to the conversation. I don't have anything new. Well, I'm going to put my hand up here and say I haven't seen Drunken Master 2. What word? Yep, for real. All one. Shit, that's going to be amazing. We're going to watch that. <laughs> you haven't seen one. You haven't seen Drunken Master 2? Nope. I've seen Drunken clips. Master 1's meh, but Drunken Master 2 is like revelatory. Well, we'll have to do it sometime for the podcast. Um, All right. Just, just settle. I think we did do it <laughs> once, didn't we? Drunken Monkey. We did that one. Oh, uh, yeah. We definitely did that. Uh, mm. I don't know. I thought we put off Drunken Master 2 because it's such a... You know, every time we do a Jackie movie, we try and do one that's not necessary. Like, we do the Project Day. We don't do Supercop, you know? We did, Super like, Police Story 2. We didn't do one, did we? Yeah, we did whatever. Yeah, whatever. Let's just keep going with this movie. The Killer, we should 1989. Really somewhere. <laughs> yes, yeah. yeah. It's an excellent... Um, I reckon this is probably John Woo's masterpiece. I find it hard to find much fault in it. It's it's very tight, even though it's long. I'm but... going to say something that I um, don't know if I should say. Go for it. Um, is, did John Woo do Hard Boiled? Yeah. He did, yeah, he did Hard Boiled, right? Hard yeah. Boiled is better than this. Ooh. For the yeah. action, yeah, yeah, definitely. I meant for story-wise versus action. Oh, this is very much almost – this is so perfect it's almost a cliché. Mm-hmm. I, I kind of agree with Nathan here. Like some of the the tropes you see have been done so many times. This, this movie's like 
so revolutionary and inspirational to other movies that I was kind of laughing at it because the dove flying around and the slow motion <laughs> shooting. But before we get any further, let's just um, we'll wrap it up. We'll, we'll pile into a little ball here and start fresh. So I believe the translation of this in, in uh, Chinese is roughly pair of blood splattering heroes or brothers. So, so that's pretty badass. That's pretty metal. I'm going to go through my notes and Sam notes at the same time. Sam can't be of this. So um, should we start with the pitch? Actually, hang on. We'll start off from the cast. So Nathan also earlier mentioned that Chewie Hark produced this. Mm-hmm. So we've got Cheyenne Fat, Danny Lee, Sally Ye, who is a singer, uh, Kevin Sung, and many, many more. Anybody else want to jump in with some other ones there? I got nothing, dude. Like, <laughs> like to to just to break everything. I watched this movie today, but I couldn't find. I thought I had a, a DVD. I didn't have a DVD, but I watched a YouTube copy, but it didn't have subtitles for some reason. So it's got the who's the offsider? Who's his like handler? What's his name? Um, uh, Ch- Chu Kong. Chu Kong. Okay. Because he, he really stood out. Like, I don't remember him from what previous watches, but in this movie, I was like, wow, he's in it for like a good 30 minutes. There's also Ricky Yi Fan Wei, who's mm-hmm. um, the badass assassin with the sunglasses. And John Woo is, does a cameo in this movie as well. Oh, okay. I want to know where it was. I'm trying to think of... I, I, he's a short, sort of stocky dude, isn't he? John Woo as a first target killed by... Ah, uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Jeff. <laughs> That's why I... When, when he had yeah. the... Um, when he had the the um, the photograph of you know the targets and stuff, and I was like, I'm sure I know that face. <laughs> what was it from? Ah, there you go, little cameo. Yeah. So, um, should we go over the pitch, and we'll get into some other other stuff down the track. I'll, I'll start with Sam's pitch. How about that? He's got he's got oh, two here. He's got uh, brothers from another mother. And That's very short and sweet, but that is not what I saw earlier. <laughs> Reluctant killer of a heart of gold, tragically has to choose between a, loving a blind karaoke star or a middle aged but sexy Dana Lee. Uh, yeah Mm, it works i suppose (laughs) nathan oh you want me to go now um all right i actually didn't think of anything earlier but uh (laughs) what i would go with is have you ever wanted to watch the emotional power of a soap opera cross with the crazy violence of a john woo film i've got a movie for you Mm. it's definitely got soap opera like visuals and vibes Yes. Lots of the sets look like they're on a set. Like, they don't look like the realistic version of the thing. They look like a stylized 80s version of the thing. Like, the church does not look like a church. It looks like a set that's made to look like the coolest church of all time. Like 10 million million candles? Yeah, that's right. And a neon glowing uh, crucifix. Like, it's backlit. The the fucking crucifix is backlit. It's... (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like, everything doesn't look real. It's like this hyper-stylized... Awesome shit. Anyway, sorry. I love it. I love it so much. It's so it's, good. It's real good. Um, I don't know. I, I was trying to think of like some some cool thing like, you know, two blind mice and or something. <laughs> I just, yeah, I like the juxtapose that he's trying to get the, <laughs> trying to, you know, relieve his burden of, of blinding the girl and then becomes blind in the end and dies. So much guilt, Michael. He has so much guilt. <sighs> so much. And my favourite thing about this movie, just to step into it, is the fact that no one wins at the end. <laughs> Everybody dies. I love it. Everyone dies. Yeah, or, <laughs> or loses, yeah. It's great. Do you got Rachel? Uh, I think it's the, um, the final chapter to the romance between uh, Danny Lee and 
Chow fat um, started in <laughs> started in City on Fire, uh, where there where only one is on the wrong side of the law this time, and uh, Danny Danny Lee started um, his uh, run of, well, not really started, but um, he's starting to become a very staunch cop actor. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with my pitch and then jump back to what Rachel just said there. So my pitch is um. This movie is all about taking responsibility for your actions in a hail of bullets. But not really, because you don't tell them that you're responsible. <laughs> but honor. <laughs> so Rachel mentioned there about um, Danny Lee's turn as becoming sort of a staunch cop type actor. In the past, she's told me that sort of Danny Lee maybe secretly wants to be a cop at all times. <laughs> Dude was and, born uh, to be a narc. On, on our DVD copy, there's an interview with uh, Sally Yeah. And she kind of just puts Danny Danny Lee saying like, yeah, he's a very serious actor. And I arrived late a couple of times and he was like telling her off for coming in late, essentially. Jesus Christ, man. Are you he's no boss? fun. He's no fun. No. That's crazy. Although I do, um, I think City on Fire was on our list of something to watch as well at some point. Oh, yeah. City on Fire is a great movie. Well, if I remember it correctly, it's been at least 20 years. <laughs> So this is the first Chow Yun Fat movie we've done for a while, so that's it's always good. Yeah, uh, it's a classic too. It's like I don't really. The thing is, I don't really. It's so it's so iconic and well known that I don't really know what to say. Like, what have you got? You've got you've got the scenes. He go, he gets a contract. He goes in. He blasts. He accidentally blinds a lady. He feels bad about the situation, so he starts following her around. He saves her from a rape, and then they sort of slowly fall in love, I guess. But I feel bad for her because she really should have more options than a than this piece of shit. He's taking so, responsibility <laughs> for his actions. <laughs> yeah, but he doesn't really because he doesn't actually tell her that he did it. He didn't he didn't own up to them. She finds out though. Eventually, yes. Hmm. But yeah, I I love this movie. I, I but there's there's bits the story is not the thing I love. It is the it's the mood that the set set. Like it has a vibe, like the just the the, the visual like I don't know if I don't know who the cinematographer was or the like director of photography or whatever, but it looks a very specific way. It doesn't look like real life. It has the vibe of a little bit like a Michael Mann movie. Like it doesn't feel real. And then the the violence happens, and the violence is spectacular. I yeah, go someone else take it because I got nothing. <laughs> director of photography is Peter Powell, Tak Hai, and Horace Wong Wing Hung. And lighting is Chick Kim Kit, so uh, it, there's a lot of cool lighting in the rain and neon signs, and it, it does look very nice. As you said, it's very stylized, but um, I I thought it's 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 it is shot very well though as well. The, the tracking shots across and the juxtaposing of of at the beginning of the film, he's sort of juxtaposed against the Virgin Mary in the church, and like you know, kind of putting he's like the opposite to her kind of thing, like good versus evil kind of thing where they've set that shot up and, and as you said obviously uh, throughout the church there's the doves and uh, the, the other thing I love with this movie is, is the choice of costume how he's wearing you know at the end he's wearing white and, and the bad guys tend to um, also have white jumpsuit suits on that show up all the blood hits and stuff <laughs> from the shots beautifully spraying everywhere it's, it's some uh, certainly some uh, great work from um, 
Mr. Wu. And while I did say it's stylized and on lots of sets, there's also a lot of like scenic shots with them in the city with Hong Kong in the background, but the neon Hong Kong, like lots of lots of popping blues and reds. I don't know how they shot it, but it, like the colors seem to really pop in this film. And I'm not watching a good, I didn't watch a good version of this. I watched a YouTube version with no subtitles. Like, and it popped and it must, I think, I think I looked, I think it was at 360 fucking P, which is less than old TV. It's less than <laughs> TV back in the day. So well, it, you're right. And they had some, it had some nice shots. Like um, there's a shot where they pull up their cars on the side of the road um, and have a, a bit of a chat with the city skyline in the background. And um, yeah, perfect location for that shot. And uh, yeah, it's, Little um, little bits and pieces all over the shop. It's 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 really um, really well thought through in terms of how he's pieced it together as well. Uh, as you say, do you, is it a little bit? The story itself is a bit cliche, but it really works for for the movie itself and the length. It doesn't. It's it's a little long, but it doesn't feel overly long. Mm-hmm. No, every scene has a purpose. Every scene is good. It's developing character. Um, it's great. Someone else, please, for the love of God. <laughs> well, we would love to, but you keep talking. I'm sorry. <laughs> I was going to say, uh, you're saying it doesn't feel over long, even though it's what a hundred and is it 110 minutes or 120? Um, 110. I think it's just under two hours. 110. So probably 110. Yeah, because yeah. on the hours, Fortune yeah. Star, um, was it 2003 version of the DVD? There's a number of like uh, deleted scenes, so you can tell those ones are pretty extraneous, but they'd already been like soundtracked. So like things like, um, what's the, the bad, the bad assassin just staring out at the city, which is completely <laughs> not needed. Another shot of, but um, it is yes. needed. So it's it needed did. in the sense that someone should like put some lo-fi hip hop behind it and just play it in like a recurring <laughs> gift situation. Right. <laughs> um, I can't remember what other, there, was, there were a lot of like Sally and uh, Chime Fat like uh, romantic scenes, like them having dinner and then Chu Kong coming in and stealing um, Giant Fat's dinner or something, which is completely not mm. not necessary either. So no, yeah. you're right there. That that is one that wasn't necessary. I I apologize. Yeah, <laughs> that needed a hip hop beat of him stealing his food. <laughs> so Nathan Nathan said there's a lot of nice shots of Hong Kong in the city and neon lights. That is also juxtaposed with um, shots of the back ass end of hong kong and burnt out warehouses and right on the the docks there and some of those shots like oh that looks like the warehouse from full-time killer i'm pretty sure that's okay from this movie Uh, here there's a little car thing that happens and it's like the car thing is nowhere near the city the car thing is so far away from the city (laughs) that it's like oh we can do anything we want out here yeah very that that i mean that's realistic though in in terms of how they're going to film that through the city and i think it's i know easier. i know they can't do the thing but it's, it's very on the back lots and stuff. when you yeah. say car thing you mean a car chase it's yeah. not really a chase it's more like cars going around each other in like a circuit i thought it's always <laughs> that that outer area that, that everyone yeah. uses for their car chases mm-hmm. it's like all the toei movies where there's just a quarry yes. <laughs> <laughs> use what um, you got use what you got so uh, this movie, I heard about this movie way before I saw it. Like um, this movie was referenced in magazines, music magazines and stuff. They always talk about the massive body count. This was introduced to me via, via the uh, 
cult movies, Des Mangan. Um, we said it before in the Armor of God podcast a couple of months back, but Des Mangan is a, like a TV host on SBS TV, and he would introduce movies from all over the world, and this was one of them. I couldn't find a clip of him talking about the killer, so I'm just going to chuck a clip in here of him being a smart-ass, so I'm going to put <laughs> that in here. Next Saturday night, a film for all you pervs out there. Sorry, I mean connoisseurs of film, with the 1993 Japanese hit, The Weather Woman. But before that, this Monday night, I'll be showing you Killer Tongue. No, I'm not bragging, that's the title of the film. All right, thanks, Des, thanks for that. But um, this, this movie is, like, very cult and underground like it's it's really i I feel like i feel like this particular movie was cult or underground but i feel like it's the bleeding edge of that john woo double guns like this is it's a cult movie and it's underground but it's also like the biggest one of those yes is it just so like that wave wave of his films sort of and, and then his he i mean he goes to the west obviously and starts doing movies over there Hard target, face off, etc., cetera, etc., cetera. and um, I, I, it, it's really the of his movies. This, this is probably um, his love affair with Chow. I think really sort of starts here. I think, even though it's not the, f- is it the first movie that he's done with Chow? I can't remember. No, because he had better t- the first better, better tomorrow. Better tomorrow, first um, one yeah. before that. So yep. I feel like he's getting very famous by this time. For being yeah. like Mark Gore and stuff like that. Yeah, and I it, it was. Am I right? Did, did they have not so much a falling out, but they just yeah sort of went their separate ways for a, a long period of time, and then and then it was almost like a why aren't you doing another film with him kind of thing going on. I don't know, dude. Just feels it, that way. Let me throw something out here. Like um, this movie, I read was. Uh, John Wood was inspired by an old film called Le, Le Samurai, which is a, a French film. Le, yeah, I've seen Le Samurai. I haven't seen that one, but um, this movie gives me um, samurai vibes and also like 1930s gangster vibes. Like he's got a fedora on, he goes into a speakeasy. Like if you said, if this was in black and white and you said it was like, a, you know, a gangster film, yeah, kind of, kind of is. Well, yeah, it's 100%. Like you, you put a different coat of paint on this, you make it less... John Wish, <laughs> like this. Like you, this could if you be a gold, Chow Yun Fat's uh, pants right up and gave him a higher this, voice. This could be a go a a Gogol movie. Yeah, you know it. It could it could be a Duke. You know it 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 doesn't. It's it's very much like assassin guy. Really good assassin guy falls in love with you know one of his victims, but there's a guy on his tail and he's got a rival. It's you know there's a cop a, a dirty cop who's out to like take him down, but. In the way they join forces to fight off this other thing, it's. Do you remember that Bruce Willis movie, Last Man Standing? It's very. You, you mean you mean that, um, your Jimbo? Yeah, your Jimbo kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> or alternatively, Red Harvest. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah. I do. It's a fantastic <laughs> film. It's in very, all of its incarnations, it's just a all great of movie. Incarnations, isn't it? Yeah, it, it's a very trope idea, and it's been done a number of times. But yeah, this is very. It's hard to yeah pick out pieces. Because it's so well done. <laughs> Every single scene is worth com- commenting on. There's a dragon boat race, and him with the sniper rifle, fucking like out on the boat with his bad mu- fake mustache, just like 
shooting that dude. And then there's like that Never scene. Never trust a man with a scarf, I tell you. There's <laughs> that, that scarf comes There's in that handy. scene where um, I can't remember. <laughs> I, I do apologize again. I didn't watch it with subtitles, but the where the like the the dirty cop, like the cop who's after him, like buy, gets a like a, a gun off the street and like. That's all shot really well at the nighttime, and he's like a bunch of like the cop gets shot and everything's it's fucking great. And then there's like a speedboat chase during that dragon boat thing. It's great. Like every scene is great. I don't know what what we yeah. I I don't do you want to go through scene by scene. <laughs> I've just got a couple of notes here from from Sam here because he mentions that uh, dragon boat race. He said um, that's a shit stunt being stuck in a dragon boat with uh, twenty other half sweaty dudes. <laughs> <laughs> He also says that um, Shao suck in the zombie apocalypse because he never gets a headshot. He's always shooting at the body or the balls. Yeah, yeah, that is true. <laughs> That's actually not 100% true because he kills that guy in the dragon boat race that he's hired to kill with a bullet to the head. But then he follows <laughs> it up with two more shots. I was like, yeah, man, really he needs to make head? sure. <laughs> go- going back also to the um, the thoughts about this being sort of a, a gangster movie, anytime they're talking with Sally Yeh's character, uh, sorry, mm-hmm. Sandy, Sandy Yeh? Sally, Sandy, Sally? Uh, Jenny, the one woman in the film, the one woman, whenever she's doing something, they shake her like, you're being hysterical. Stop it. And like two seconds away from slapping her, like, like a thirties gangster movie, you know? Yep. <laughs> she's being hysterical. One thing I didn't buy with the blindness part was at the end when she's at the church and she knows exactly where to walk to go to the exit of the church. You know, she's crawling this way and that way. I was like, at this point, they've made a point saying that, like, she's gone fully blind. And <laughs> how yeah, at, at, throughout the movie, everything. it seems like her, her sight is getting worse. Yeah, exactly. Wasn't she helped and out it, by the priest or something? Because they cut that right scene at the out. end. They cut that scene yeah. out as well. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> well, then the priest dies. Yeah, he didn't need him anyway. Unfortunately, yeah, he he was a bit superfluous. He, he just rocked up to the point where it's like, is that a was that a missing scene? Because he just kind of pops in, and then he helps her out. I was like, oh, "What is that?" A, a well, he he was there plant? earlier. Like he's there at the beginning when Chow's there, obviously doing the praying and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then when he get Chow got shot in the back, and then he was helping pull the bullets out and stuff. So I figured he's kind of in on it. So <laughs> some uh, level, yeah. So just basically- maybe he's the major donor of the church with all the scaffolding that never seems to be doing anything. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So to sum it up a bit more, like Nathan kind of summed it all up, but it's a, it's a cat and mouse story of an assassin and a cop. Uh, someone gets injured in the middle, Jenny. So the assassin is sort of looking out for her, falls in love with her. But um, along the way, oh, um, uh, what while he's um, helping her I'm out. drinking Fago, son. Fago, ICP. Um, That's right. I'd like to point out that she's they're in her apartment and she's like, I'm going to play your song. And it's like essentially he, she gives them her demo tape. um it's it's such an interesting movie because you got the it's very samurai to me of the the two enemies becoming close and sort of complementing each other but it's done in such a weird way that it's like uh i I think they were worried that american audiences would see it as homoerotic (laughs) really like these guys it wasn't bro he's got his girl though he's hetero man (laughs) Nah, man, you can have a rival. It's cool. But it's uh, like they're very complimentary of each other. I think that the relationship is very interesting since they're from both from different sides of the of the uh, tracks, so to say. And how 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 does uh, Danny Lee's character become, uh, you know, in a way, think that it's okay then to side with the assassin? It's it's really strange. 
Well, he's already shown that he kind of goes... I think they do this pretty well. Like for one of these movies, it's one of those things where if we watched if we watched it in another film, like just say we watched it in Buddha's Palm, right? It would literally be like, I'm your enemy. No, I'm your enemy. Let's be friends because there's a burst enemy. Okay. It would happen like that. <laughs> but in this movie, what happens is that little girl, remember when he's about to get shot, he's already got a m- bullet on his head mm. and Danny Lee sees that and he, and he sees fucking chow roll with that girl and get her to the hospital as quickly as he can and all that shit he's all like he's a good bro he may be on the wrong side of law but he's a bro and i gotta go down with that guy that's where he maybe it is marginally from- homoerotic because it's pretty that's, great that's where he changed from <laughs> wanting to kill him to wanting to arrest him mm-hmm. didn't else find that that's scene. right before that he's like i've got to fuck this dude up but after that he's like oh man he's an honorable dude that scene was really weirdly staged because it was like the world's biggest like a uh, hospital with big big like waiting rooms with the curtains and stuff and then uh the killer in black and the rest of like pinstripes or grayish kind of thing or gets this white background oh yeah it's definitely again like everything in this movie hyper stylized made to made to make that point i think like i don't know it's like, like so good confusion confusion between good like and evil closed. it's it is almost like the clothes are kind of um you know, juxtaposing who they are in the, the various scenes where, you know, because he's a killer, he's in black in that part. And then he kind of turns to white as he becomes more and more sort of playing the, the her- hero, which he is throughout the movie anyway. And and then, yeah, it's the same with the cops with the partially grey, partially white kind of thing. As they what, did, what did you say, Rachel? I mean, he's, the black and white is kind of like um, in between. Oh, this, I mean, there's a lot of grey, if you there's, think about there's it. There's a lot of semiotics in this shit. Yeah. Like, it's all doing... It's all supposed to be a symbol of something else, right? Like, this movie is very, like, black hat, white hat. Let's change the... It's so good! <laughs> I'm sorry. I love it so much. And the bad guy's just randomly stupid as well. It's... <laughs> <laughs> he's just like typical gangster dude that's trying to like kill everyone to get out on top and doesn't care yeah. about he's pretty smart though wears a lot of uh, bulletproof vests yeah after he gets shot the first time <laughs> look if I went to high school in America I'd wear a vest so if I was definitely a gangster I would be wearing fucking full body armor all the time <laughs> I got some notes from Sam here um, all right. where are we um <laughs> Chow's career is built on his ability to do smolder while shooting a gun without looking constipated. Something only a handful of stars can do. Mm, he's uh, not classically good looking. But because <laughs> because he has that charisma, he can pull it off. Like he has very I just keep looking at his teeth are bad. He's got a strange he's got a strange face. Like like when they're he's trying He's got like a moon face, but a sunken moon face. Like you see all those identical <laughs> She's got craters. They keep trying to draw of him. They're all yep. like yes. very 80s looking, but they can't quite get that <laughs> face right, which I thought was interesting. <laughs> he, he's always good with the cigarette in every movie he's got. He's either, you know, got the hang, he's got the, the acting with the cigarette thing going on, sitting in the chair, smoldering. <laughs> I think it, Is that why his career died? Like because that. people stopped smoking in films? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Has it died? It just- I don't know. I haven't seen him in anything in a really long time. He's been in stuff. We just haven't watched it. Like we have, um, uh, you know, where we're talking about God of Gamblers. He he actually um, made a couple more, like from Vegas to Macau and stuff. 
uh, only a few years ago. And it's nice to know that we'll always have a big pile of movies to go back to. All right, a couple <laughs> more notes from Sam here. All right. I assume Chow didn't shoot Danny wearing the striped jacket because he thought it was a convict and already had suffered enough. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one, Sam. Danny, Danny Lee continues to prove that he has the tight buns from, he says the oily strangler, but he means the oily maniac. <laughs> and he has. He, he, he's like me. He's thinking of the greasy strangler and the oily maniac put together. Chow <laughs> uh, is such a sympathetic killer that he's the kind of guy that would safely transfer a bug from his house to the garden, then only unload a clip in it. <laughs> and Dan Lee gets in ch- inside Chow's head so quick he knows he won't let that girl die probably knows what he had for breakfast and how many shakes he takes at the urinal <laughs> oh sorry one more Chow is so conflicted about being a hitman his parents wanted him to be a doctor or a lawyer but he only got A's in murder <laughs> <laughs> so many bullets get shot in this uh, movie <laughs> I do wonder how he ended up with this profession if, if anything that's, that's not never explained but uh, I guess maybe his uh, his old friend there. Uh, well, it's like probably. it's like a lot of those movies, right? Like Heat. They don't explain how fucking De Niro's the dude in Heat or the guy in like like there's there's a crime movies where that shit just doesn't matter. You just got to get out of the house within thirty seconds flat when things are down. It's the vibes, bro. It kind of that, that's the only slight drag. It's kind of hard to buy them as friends with the handler guy when you when they sort of. You know, they've been working together the last 10 years, but without that full backstory, you can't really buy it. You're like, well, why would they, you know, beyond him, you know, giving you the marks? And that's about it. And they. We don't know their backstory. Well, that's it. We don't know the backstory. We've yeah. just got to assume that they're close enough that that's a thing. Yeah, I mean, it was okay for what it was because, I mean, there's not really that much that interacts other than, you know, Chow shooting him in the head in the end. <laughs> to put him out of his misery after he's tried to get him the money. Um, which I thought was kind of weird because it doesn't look like Chow's not well off. I mean, fair enough, the guy didn't pay for the hit. Okay, but it didn't look like he, he was short of money, like he couldn't have afforded to just flee anyway and take you know Jenny to get the eye surgery wherever. How many other jobs can you get if you're a hitman who runs away? Yeah, but he was intending to leave the profession anyway, so it, it wasn't like it was like oh, yeah, I'm I'm leaving all this money on the table. I'm gonna mm. like, run away, kind of thing, from all these jobs. Professional. Like, uh like he'd be yeah, I get you, Mike. But yeah, and, I mean the the try it. I mean the his his try it buddy owned a house on the fucking clifftop and shit <laughs> up there. That that shit house it wasn't fucking cheap either. It that was really good looking. Actually, I really like that house. Mm. Everything in this movie is so cool. <laughs> like I, I don't want to belabor the point, I guess. But there's bits in this, like I, I brought up Michael Mann before. There's bits in this where I, I watch it and I'm like, it feels, it feels as like interesting to watch as Heat. Like just the shots, the things that are going on, or Thief. A lot of Hong Kong movies don't do that for me. Like a lot of the Hong Kong movies, I'm literally just watching for the action. But in this, I'm like, oh yeah, I buy these like this criminal underworld thing that's going on. Do you sit there and go though, like when you say those in those movies? I'm like, this one came first. This is, is it? Well, oh, like not not thief, but yes. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. But, but yeah, like yes. Hit. There's there's definitely people that yeah, are like, people, does heat happen people, without this? Possibly, yeah. probably, but not probably the same. Mm. It, it's All right, I'm taking like an executive right, decision right. here as the host. Yep. You, you've Nathan. You've said many times how cool this movie is and how great it is. You have to elaborate. Or I'm gonna have to mute your mic. <laughs> oh shit! Okay, you gotta elaborate here, bro. Okay, so 
the clothes are very on point. The way it is shot, um, lots of little small stunts, um, lots of camera work that's interesting, lots of fades that are interesting, lots of scenes that are set with like a still camera, but it's like... Here, let me let me, help, let me throw you a bone here. Let's go uh, over the, the scene where they bump into each other in the Jenny's apartment because Sam says, all jokes aside, the blind girl's apartment making a standoff is chef's kiss and yet to be rivaled on kinetic tension. Talk a bit about that. Okay, so she goes in, uh, he goes in there, and there's a sort of, they they both, I don't know why they, I don't know why the cop wants to keep up appearances. I really don't understand that, but like. So at, at this, just to, we'll throw some context around the point that we're going to go into the scene. So the idea is the cop at this point is still chasing down the killer, and they've worked out that um, he saved the little girl. So he he's going to be around. Uh, he's he's the killer with a heart of gold kind of thing, and so they've kind of linked him to the the killing earlier, where um, he saved her when she was blinded. So they know that she got caught up in the middle of an assa- a hit, essentially a hit, and he fired a gun in her face and it f- fried her corneas or whatever. Um, so they've figured out that he's still linked to her and still, um, you know, checking in on her as such and he'd earlier he'd gone to the club where she was playing and um kind of ingratiated himself upon her and realized that um there was a link there with this person um and so that's why he he turns up and does a little sting operation at, at her apartment to try and catch him go Nathan. okay so the first thing i want to point out just as this scene opens is chayon's fat is smoking a really fucking cool cigarette down by the ocean on a rock Camel okay. cigarettes. That's how I want to set this up. With nice fucking blue <laughs> to grey tones, the whole thing is shot fantastically. Then our bro, our bro Danny, he gets in by like there's like a little scene with like a bad garbage man. I don't know. I he's again no subtitles. And he gets in, and then he's there, <laughs> and then and then Charlie's like, ah, oh, she won't let me smoke in the house. But he goes back to the house. But then he understands that something's going on. He's real confused. It's like That's he goes to break in, and have- then they've got stand off, but she's blind, so she can't see that they're standing off. And then there's this whole thing where they've got their eyes locked together, but they're talking like everything's normal. Ah, oh, it's so fucking good. And, and she- they move around the whole apartment. And she's handing him, like, oh, do you want to drink a tea? And she hands him the tea, and they're switching hands with the guns to carry the tea so she doesn't notice that they're holding guns across her. Uh, so she, yes, she and they, but the, the thing like, is, it's not just that the way they fucking move the camera through the through the set because it's just an apartment, and they move through the whole thing. Like she takes it from the entryway all the way through to getting like as you said tea and stuff. It's so good, and even the like the the second cop who's the posing as the garbage dude comes through the window and gets caught by Chow um, when he drops the gun and he stands over him with the gun and, and blocks him and hands him the tea to force him to not be able to move as well. All sort of linked in. It's all like a little, a beautifully choreographed sort of like sequence of moves. The, the camera is, the camera is never a hundred percent stationary. It's always kind of doing this slight, like 360 thing. It's always moving. Everything looks good and is moving all the time. I don't know. I don't know what else you want me to say, except that it starts with a man smoking a cigarette on a rock in front of the beach. <laughs> and what more the what fuck more do you could want? you ask for? <laughs> so Jenny uh, kind of says, I'll make you some tea. And they're like, no, nah, no, it's no problem. She's like, I'm making your tea, goddammit. And, and Rachel, you want to jump in? Where this they make a, up like their names 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 for each other and stuff as well. 
Hello, Rachel. What's I gonna do I, with what names? The names. Names of what? So they come up with these pet names for each other. Oh, because uh, in different versions they come up with different things, but uh, the native translation, I guess, is uh, <laughs> they're pretending they like know each other from a village or from back in the old days. So um, in my Dan- one, it was football. <laughs> We have Mickey Mouse and I didn't have any. Mickey Mouse and I was gonna say Donald Dumbo. Dumbo which is totally oh. not, not what he said. Really? Mine mine had um they were they were on a football team when they were younger, when they were kids, and Chow was shrimp head. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Danny Lee was runt. Yeah, or little B is another um translation for that one. But yeah, shrimp shrimp head is pretty good, that one. Also, um on our copy, Chow and Fat's character is called Jeff. But uh, they call him Arjung or something like that. Arjung. Yeah, Arjung, yeah. Arjung is, is the name on, on my copy, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. I, Jenny uh, seems the only thing that's universal. <laughs> <laughs> Jenny's, Jenny's easy to say because it's uh, for Hong Kong, it's, cause it's one of those names in y, that ends in Y. Uh, like, like Jackie or something. It <laughs> <laughs> is weird considering, like, uh, as you said, you've got, a, you've got the actual you know, a, a fortune star print. Mine's mine's the fortune star print, but it's the Hong Kong legends where they've obviously done their own subtitling and stuff over the top. Ah. But it doesn't seem like it had the, the cool extra stuff that yours had. Mine didn't have any extras on it. <laughs> it was extras were like, so 2000s. Uh, <laughs> that one about the guns uh, sitting in the, sitting at a, uh, what do you call it? Abandoned warehouse. And the camera's just just circling the guy wearing army fatigues just constantly. <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of yeah, that's kind of lame. It's kind of lame. Mine was one of those old DVDs where it doesn't have any extras. It's just got like title menu chapters <laughs> and that, and that was it. But it, it didn't even have like a title menu that was made specifically for the killer. It was like you know compilation of of Hong Kong legends. So this is it, the big picture of stupid. Um, <laughs> Stupid Jet Lee in the Hitman when he's holding the, you know, the one where he's holding the gun up like that and he's got the stupid look on his face. It was like that center of my screen. <laughs> and then like a, a Michelle Yeo and I can't even remember, I think it was Dragon Gate or, or something. Um, yeah, like mixed. And then Jack in the middle from Junker Master 1. I was like, that's a weird compilation. Chow's not even on the picture and it's <laughs> his movie. <laughs> and on the internal cover, it has, you know, obviously all the, the Hong Kong legend movies that had come out at the, in that particular year, in the nineties, I think it was. Got to be a bit di- better DVD copy than um, Future X Cops. Yeah, yeah. That was from Bali, that, wasn't it? That was that was a Bali copy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the movie itself was shit anyway, <laughs> so it didn't really matter. It kind of matched. Um, yeah. That, so I think um, from an action standpoint, throughout the movie, it is well choreographed. Like. The little scene like that where we're talking about the tea and and um, the guns and stuff, and um, they have little hijinks moments. So you mentioned the car chase earlier, um, that that was kind of cool. There was a bit where um, they try to tempt him out to go to the airport to, to flee with Jenny, and um, he he stages a little. Uh, he knows all the cops are there, so he stay stages a little. Um, leaving of the the boss man (laughs) i guess he must have hired actors or something to pose as like subordinates or bowing down to the boss man like to block the cop's view of who the boss man was so he could like sneak into the area right near jenny and uh and then does the old 
um, bait and switch where where his buddy his his bro goes for a run goes for a run to chase the, the cops chase off after him while he um sneaks off with Jenny and and stuff that was quite fun little jaunt and um obviously the end bit in the um church is the the main action sequence with um a lot of choreography it starts off at the the house and then bleeds on to um the church later um with all the you know the the unknowing numbers of of people getting shot i'm just like how many you know people do these triads have and the other <laughs> thing is like where is this church that people firing machine guns and stuff doesn't really you know bring cops along until right at the end when everything's pretty much over yeah again it's all hyper real there's the house the house that the guy goes to like the the handler's house his his mate it's beautiful it's amazing and then that that church i don't know what that's up with that church but it's like it's just on the cusp of being like a 1990s disco rave church (laughs) And and he and in another shot he kind of has like an apartment that looks over the church as well. That's where yeah. like one of the other murders or the, where they try to take him out happens. So it's obviously somewhere in town. That's yeah. So sort of stretches out that believability level. But um, when they're in the church and they're playing with the guns and the people, <laughs> there was one bit that I I wanted to mention when when they come outside of the church towards the end of that sequence. There's a guy standing on the roof behind them that Chow obviously takes out in five seconds flat. But I'm like, there's no ladders and nothing. And this this is like, you know, the entranceway roof. There's no way to get onto this roof. I'm like, did he just like climb there and stand there the entire fight to like be that moment when you leave? I'm on the roof. He doesn't the even have the right kind of gun for that thing. Exactly. <laughs> like, what was the point of that? Just, just to show him turn and take him out, like he knew he was there the whole time, kind of thing, for that one shot. <laughs> that was funny, and um, I did like some of the gunplay. Um, obviously, in the the scene itself, um, I just, um, uh, can I? A point, there's a. I mean, it's stupid gunplay, but there's a point where he. I think he pushes him back slides across the floor by shooting his guns and the momentum <laughs> he's getting from the guns going off sort of pushes him out of the way of other bullets and stuff. But yeah, there's a whole bunch of, you know, yeah, right kind of stuff going on. Go so this is like Rambo levels of guns and bullets and body clips. I, I'm probably going to go out on a limb because I, I do effusively praise this film, but it's not as good as... Like the actual gunplay, there's some couple bits where he's like double double handling the pistols and shit, but it's nowhere near as stylish as Hard Boiled is. Like it's not as cool. Like the actual gunplay in here isn't as cool as Hard Boiled, but it's still very operatic, I guess. Is that because of the slow motion doves and shit? Yeah, but it's yeah, it's the slow motion, but it's also the music and the the it's the way it's shot. Like they've got a lot of like close-ups to faces or like where it's like Dutch angles a little bit where they're from the below them. It's very, it's very cool. Like it's, it's very cool, but not actually that interesting, like choreography wise. Like there's not as many flips and like shotguns and well, I know they don't really use shotguns, but you know, there's not as much of that as there, I, there was as a couple they, of, there was a couple of little bits that I thought were fun. So one of them, he throws like this, um, shotgun sort of circle thing underneath a bunch of guys and then fires it off so that all the pellets explode and take out like five or six guys get hit that that was a fun bit um there's another bit where 
I didn't think it was, <laughs> you know, bamboo sort of, um, you know how they do the bamboo, um, what's it, the scaffolding? scaffolding? And there's one bit where he hits a guy and then the guy like falls down and like, tick, 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 like takes out like a whole bunch of the, um, the bamboo things in, in the shot that I thought was kind of fun as well. Uh, but they have obviously lots of guys coming from all different angles all of the time. Um, when they're in, and it it doesn't really show that many entrances, but you assume a church obviously has entrances on all four sides randomly, but they sort of just sort of coming randomly out of, of uh, like, left, right, behind them, etc. But it's one of those things where they're like, Chow always knows where they're going and where they're coming from and takes them out in the single shot kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So Maybe it, it lacks what it lacks in the... Uh... I guess the choreography of a better tomorrow it makes up for in the brutality of some of the kills because it's not like bang 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 oh it's like people are getting lots of bullets in them it's pretty brutal I yeah I'm not saying it's bad it's definitely better than most things it's just not as good as I thought I remember it being I thought it was on like the same level as hard boiled and it's it never reaches those high highs for me it's still very good and there is a massive body count oh, like not on. taking away from the body count they kill fucking a lot of people and that in and of itself is kind of interesting but like uh, it's still not as good as i thought i remembered it being and it's because it has been it's probably been a decade since i watched it you want a shotgun on a string don't you (laughs) not necessarily (laughs) not necessarily but like that hospital sequence at the end of hard boiled also is like you know the sliding around on the like the gurney and it just it's it's just a little bit more style it's just a little bit cooler their actual stuff is less like oh let's just shoot this guy 10 times and this other guy comes around the corner and because i know the the plot i'm just going to already have my gun pointed there my favorite part about the hard-boiled the hospital thing is they actually blew that freaking thing up (laughs) and burnt chow's hair (laughs) so in terms of fighting here this is all gunplay there's like maybe someone gets a pistol whip or a few punches here but there's no fights or jump kicks or anything like that no 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 so it's all you, gunplay. Yeah, and they do sell it, and it is fucking great. It's just not. It's I want like I I thought it, I remember it being the same as sort of hard boiled, and I I watched hard boiled recently and was like, wow, this is still not recently, but like in the last twelve months, it's like wow, this is really good still, and this is I actually feel like this is entering a world of like, again, hyper realism and symbolism more than like visceral thrills. Except for the amount of fucking people who get shot. There's a lot of people who get shot. I feel like John... I, did, John you, did you sorry. see them in sequence, though? Like, just just out of curiosity, because um, I remember I saw this after I'd already seen Hard Boiled, so I don't think I was as... I saw the, uh, in the Back in the day, I'm pretty sure I was with Scott with this. First time I would have saw it was Dead as Mangan on SBS. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What a guy. Like, and I think I actually had to go out and rent Hard Boiled, so I probably saw this first. Right, yeah. Yep, so like a build-up point. Yeah, like this was a very critical... Yeah, I hate to say it, but like like developmentally, like into this kind of genre, this probably would have been one of those. I probably would have seen this at 13 or 14, I think, maybe 15. Mm. But I was already watching Kung Fu stuff, but I think this is the first one of these John Woo movies I watched. Same. Rachel, you mean? Hmm? Well, you were going to say something. Oh, sorry. I was going to say, I mean... (laughs) Uh, John Woo has a particular style, and it's probably very well suited to that that time, that Hollywood kind of feel. Whereas um, 
was before uh, watching this, I was actually like uh, I probably mentioned before watching City on Fire, which is directed by Ringo Lamb, and I've always found his films like much more frenetic, more exciting, I suppose, because you never know what's going to happen. Uh, it's just just a lot of more like a unpredictable uh, gunfights and uh, I guess uh, you know cops versus robbers type things compared to John Woo. I, I think it's just a like a maybe John Woo's just an acquired taste kind of thing. I always felt that he kind of peaked to some point, you know. And when you look at like his later movies, he, he's kind of borrowing his own stuff. And almost, I don't know if he's trying to top it, but he's he's just borrowing pieces and then reusing them, like the doves <laughs> that <laughs> became his kind of signature thing going on, and um, you know the stylized gunplay, etc. He just sort of filters that through um, some of the movies. But then you go, but then he does do different styles as well, and in, in in other types of movies, um, which is a little bit. Um, different but it kind of felt like yeah he peaked in this period and then the the rest after that have been there have been some okay movies but mostly it's been a downward trajectory sorry john but that's just me i don't want to i didn't like yes sure i didn't like redcliffe like i'm gonna go out there and say that those movies were boring as hell oh they need a lot of editing and shit um they didn't need to be two fucking three-hour movies i'm not willing to i haven't watched enough of his stuff recently to say but yes he has a he i think his crossover period from this, from about here, like say 1989, through to I don't know when was um when was that stupid plane movie that plane he made? Plane movie, Con Air. Uh, oh, no, 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 he didn't make that. Con Air. Um, uh, the plane movie, like with uh. <laughs> I was thinking because I was thinking Face oh, Off. Oh god, it's gonna kill me. <laughs> it's got it's got. Oh, it's Christian Slater in it. Holy fuck! What the hell is you that? You have a movie? computer and a phone in front of you. Look it up. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> Oh, it is going to bother me. A plane that it. wouldn't slow down. Mission Impossible 2. Broken he Arrow. He that movie. Broken, Broken Arrow? Arrow. Thank you. Holy fuck. Broken Kurt Russell. Oh, <laughs> Christian Slater. Broken Arrow. I was doing it. I, I was getting my phone, but I wasn't there yet. Um, but that movie, I feel like from the, about this movie to there is like, it is. It's like John Woo is one of the biggest directors in the world, essentially. Right, if he had chosen a better project than Broken Arrow, are we still talking about him now? Like we're talking about like Tarantino or Cameron, or did he just did his time just pass? I don't know. I don't. That that wasn't like his downfall kind of movie, was it? Yeah, but that was like his last gasp of like no, American Mission money, Impossible right? Two what after that? that, I thought Face Off was kind of his. No, Face Off was before that. Uh, Face Off was before Mission Impossible Two. Yeah, yeah. Face Off is the Face Off and that one with the Hard Target. Uh, prior to, I thought I thought his like last big Hollywood movie was Broken Arrow. There was uh, Wind Talkers, which was a Nicolas Cage movie. Oh yeah, that was that's the one that killed his career. Okay, that was pretty bad because I like Nicolas Cage and I I hated that film. All right, okay, so it was that. I apologize. <laughs> the Christian Slater movie killed his career. <laughs> so, so Mike mentioned before, like he kind of made a, a comment that maybe John Woo sort of borrows techniques here and there. Would you say he's like a, a movie magpie in the same way that Quentin Tarantino is, like taking homages and borrowing bits and pieces here and there? Is he Hong Kong as Quentin Tarantino, or is that Johnny Toe? Nobody, nobody is Quentin Tarantino. He steals from everyone and every culture. <laughs> well, that's what I. Yeah, that's a, a sort of what I was about to say. Also, that 
John Woo, what, he was making movies in the late 70s? Like, he's got those heroic bloodshed films, John Woo? Mm. Am, I, am I wrong there? Like, he already had... He, yeah, he, 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 was, he... You essentially are borrowing from yourself if you're going back that far in film, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you've been around for everything. He's perfecting his own techniques. Like, in this movie, yeah. he does the pigeon scene where where he jumps <laughs> around... Uh, what's it? Danny Lee jumps around the building and then uh, has pigeons thrown on him and then the pigeons hit the camera. And then repeat that again with doves at the end. I was like, that's too, many, that's too many birds. Uh, there's also that scene earlier when they're on the roof after they are in the apartment with each other and there's some someone gets a bunch of pigeons in the face at that point too. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's the scene. Oh, okay. All right, sorry. <laughs> All right, before we get on to the, the final scene in the church here, I, I, I want to talk about how it's interesting. Nathan sort of has referred to a couple times during this movie. I think – it's easy to say that this is because a thumbs up from everybody here. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so definitely. it's it's in a way it's easier to talk about a movie we don't know much about or we don't think is a classic than it is a classic. Like it's it's hard to sort of explain why we like this so much because it's such an influential film and it's such a good film. But if we talk about an old a film we don't really know much about, like say Drunken Monkey or Pedicab Driver, it's easy to sort of talk about that. So before we get to the end scene and, and sort of wind this up a little bit, maybe everybody pick a couple of scenes each that they want to talk about or they were really liked. Start with uh, Rachel. Uh, I guess that that whole set, uh, it must be after he does, he meets uh, Jenny and then, and then essentially blows her eyes out. And then there's that weird shot in, which you don't know it's an apartment yet, but it's backlit red and he's busy sweating all over the place while he's on the phone. And mm-hmm. I was just looking at that going, what What the fuck is that? That has no context. But then only later on, then it's then you, the camera's pulled back, and then you see that it's his apartment. And then afterwards, Danny Lee ends up sitting in the same seat that Joan Fart was sitting and also having a cigarette. So it's like switching... <laughs> Chairs, I don't know, what do you call it? Yeah, again, again, lots of, like, symbolism. Like, I don't necessarily know exactly what he's going for, rivalry, like, good versus evil, switching over, but the movie just has that gut. Okay, so I think I like two shots. There's this. I keep going back to it. The shot of him on the rock smoking cigarette is amazing. (laughs) And And also there's a shot of, like, he's got that, there's that, like, uh, like a getaway sequence where they, him and his mate have like, they're going to confront the people who are trying to get him killed. Anyway, after that, there's a bit where they're like having a confrontation, they get away and they're having a confrontation, like overlooking like Hong Kong and it's shot really well. And the acting's really good. And what's interesting about this is when I was a kid, I came here for the shooting, but as I watch it as a kid, I'm coming here for the cinematography and the, like the, the acting. And, I don't know. I think that that makes this movie kind of special. I don't know. That's weird. Just not how to really put it. That's not weird at all. So, yeah, I like this movie for like its actual other things now instead of the shooting bang bang, which is weird. Anyway, sorry. Those are my favorite sequences in this film. Can I go back one also? Like just the Mm -hmm. weird bromance shot where Joan Fats hold uh, got a stick in between his teeth. And then Danny Lee opens. Uh, can someone explain to me why you open up a bullet and get the gunpowder and put that on the wound? It's going to burn. Can I explain it? it? Yeah. Is that what you? I, I don't know. Is that what it's? It called? cauterizes it's, it. Oh, okay. It's cauterizing. Cause it's like I don't know. 
but it's really it stops weird. It bleeding, and it will kill any bugs. I see, I see. <laughs> kill lots of things. Well, yeah. <laughs> Effectively, it's made to ignite. That's the purpose of the powder here. Yeah. But technically, it's made from, like, you know, poop. So I I also also I say that I say that, but you know what I know that from Rachel. I don't know that from real life. I know that from like sixty movies I've seen. So it could just be John Woo going, "Oh, that's a thing I've seen in movies." (laughs) Poor and pooping because I've seen it in movies too, John Woo. I don't know (laughs) if it works or not. (laughs) The first thing, the first time I ever saw that, I think was in a Rambo movie. Actually, there you go. um, Yeah, in the eighties when I was very young. I think you cut that bullet in half and some like someone's smoking a cigarette and just ignite and everybody dies. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, answer the question, Scott. I want to know your answer. Hey, I'm the host here. I'll mute your <laughs> mic. <laughs> what do you got, Mike? You got a couple of scenes you enjoyed? Um, yeah, no. I, th- I overall, as uh, I, I thought it was well put together. I, I I really enjoyed the yeah the the backwards forwards in in the apartment with the tea that w- that was really well shot and uh, well acted as well and uh, yeah I, I i can't say i mean i thought it was uh, it, it as i said it, it's 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 just a, a a good balanced film there doesn't need to be whilst you know the action could be better in in the final scene, yeah, I agree. There's there's bits and pieces. It shows its age. If he had reshot this, you know, a few years later with some other experiences, I'm sure he could make it, you know, uh, even better than it is. But I think it it just is that balance between the two, the 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 acting and the action as well. So it's it's one of those movies that just is is a fine wine. It it it's just is is always good when you go back to it. I can watch this again and again not like you know in repetition but um i I can keep coming back to you know every few years i pull it out and and have a watch it 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 doesn't sort of age too badly for me as a movie right i'm gonna go i'm gonna go to sam's notes here he uh has red barrel after the dragon boat sniper there's a a red barrel in the shack i remember it of course that explodes (laughs) <laughs> he says, if, if Jenny could see, she would have turned Chow in after seeing Dan Lee's buns. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to point out, um, what have I got here? Uh, there's a scene, it's just a, a little subtle scene where they cut to Chow before he meets his sort of intermediary friend who goes between him and the big boss, the bad boss. And the music is playing harmonica and it cuts to Chow and he's playing the last couple of notes on the harmonica. I was like, that's a nice little transition there. I like that. Um, in Jenny's apartment, there's a cat. Yes. Animal cruelty. I'm sure that cat gets thrown around. <laughs> <laughs> that cat comes into play later on. Uh, it kind of swipes. It'll swipe Danny Lee or something like that, distract him. I think you need to, um, like, let's stop calling them cats and just call them meow. Because that's, <laughs> <laughs> that's what it is in all the movies. It's a meow. Meow. <laughs> um, what else have I got? Uh, yeah, I enjoy like Nathan. Nathan mentioned sort of some of the um, the neon Hong Kong streets and the rain and all that stuff. It looks re- really nice. I like the scene where Danny Lee is trying to um, he's running after a tram and he jumps in the back of the yeah, tram. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yep. That was really cool. I enjoyed that one. So let's go to our final scene here in the church. This is fantastic. This is the big showdown with like a million bad guys and 
two people in the church with 80,000 guns, it's fantastic. So have at it. It doesn't even really start in the church. It just starts, it starts the house really. Mm-hmm. Mm. And like those dudes in white jumpsuits start jumping through and he's like, pap, pap. He just like realized like the, the, the Danny and Chow are there and they're sort of starting to have their face off. But as their face off starts to occur, all the goons show up, just hide goons fucking everywhere, <laughs> just flipping and shooting. And, and they're both why, just like, all right, it's time to white. go. Pop, pop. I know it's, it's hyper stylized and stuff, but why would someone choose white jumpsuits? You know, it just, it just <laughs> seems like it's going to get dirty from the moment. You put it on. Yeah. <laughs> so you, you said the hired goons the there, plant, right? But yeah. Yes. The hired goons of Simpsons reference. Is this, um, is Homer the beer baron? Is that Chow and Fat? <laughs> 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 Sorry, go on. Uh, also, I've got a note here that, um, he needs a it says, uh, to be hard boiled though. Oh, hang on. Hard-boiled. No, never mind. I lost my note. Never mind. Oh, um, there's a scene where he steals a car. Yes. Got a getaway car. And it's covered in bird shit. And by the time he gets to the hospital, that bird shit's gone. So it's continuity area there. <laughs> <laughs> bird shit. That, that's true. Yeah, I, I did notice that that car was very filthy when uh, they got into it, and it looked clean later. Good point. Oh, um, up. the first time Dan, Dan Lee goes to the church too, he does an mm-hmm. unnecessary forward roll, which I crack me up. Yeah. But he's a cop. <laughs> Those dudes are always meeting on the floor too. Meeting on the floor with guns in their faces. There was a bit in the car chase as well that I was a bit un- unsure about because like the guy that comes in and shoots the the cop in the trailing car, um, like the hired assassin guy's driving like a black car with like a spoiler on it. And then when they're driving through the town, there's like a blue car that's the one in between them. And I thought it was meant to be the same like black car, but then... I think there was another car that suddenly appears at some point. I didn't get the point at which that car was chasing. It was kind of weird in the, the cut for me. Yeah. So apparently all those cars are Citroens, which uh, further adds to my, it could be a 1930s gangster movie because those cars look really Oh, there's also, I'm pretty sure there's some Volvos in there. <laughs> oh, did, uh, when I was watching the, the, the credits end scene, there was big like Citroen and Nike as well. For whatever reason, I didn't notice Nikes in the movie, but yeah, and like, you know, sponsors. Camel cigarettes. Camel cigarettes. That's right. Yep. They were a big sponsor as well. Mm. So let's, uh, let's tie this final scene into um, our how for the stunt man. What's the shitter stunt? Which stunt would hurt the most here? I got a couple. Don't... I'll start. Okay. Go for it. Uh, my first one is someone uh, rolls into a bunch of candles. Oh, that was um, mine. Oh, oh, <laughs> <laughs> it looks like it would have hurt like hell, man. And you would have been on fire. And you got to put up with like sexual deviants jerking off to you forever. <laughs> <laughs> All that hot wax. <laughs> uh, my other one was someone goes through a window and then land, goes to the glass of a window and lands on the window frame on the way down too. So they get the glass and the wood. Oh, yeah. I remember. Yeah. That looked Oof. fucking painful. Um, and there's a couple of car crashes that look like real, like that would have hurt the whiplash and all that shit. That looks nasty. I still think the shitter stunt was the one earlier with the, um, the Island or whatever with the child in, uh, children in the middle, uh, where they explode the barrels. Cause that, they look yep. really close to people when those explosions go off. Explosions are hot too. Like hotter than you think they're going to be. <laughs> oh, I got one more, one more. Sorry. Oh. Um, uh, some of the, the goons, the hired goons, are coming in and they get shot in the doorway and they fall and the first guy falls and the other guys are falling on top of him, like kick him in the head and they show a replay 
and they're kicking this guy in the head. It's like, oh shit, that's not good. Yeah. This movie doesn't feel like it has a lot of bad stunts, but a lot of those dudes flipping in and falling over look like they landed pretty painfully. Oh, yeah. Do you want to hear uh, Sam's? Yes. Uh, Dana Lee's pants struggling to contain the fireworks all movie. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> all right. You got one, Mike? Uh, I, I think I mentioned it earlier where there's a scene in the church where the guy's up on the scaffolding and gets shot and falls and oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. takes out every single um, bamboo. Every branch of the tree on the as, way down. As he goes on the way down. And yeah, he definitely hits them and falls through them. So yeah, that would have been painful. And uh, do do this at home. What, what, what would you like to do? I'd like to like push myself across the floor by firing guns, you know? <laughs> do, I need to slide from one side of the house to the other. Slide myself. Seems like a lot of noise and a lot of damage <laughs> to just get to the fridge. <laughs> That's how I roll. <laughs> I got Sam's here. He says, be able to count down to the last bullet. <laughs> I swear he fires more than what's in that gun. Oh, he, he, there's definitely guns in there where he doesn't reload. Yeah. 100%. Nathan, got one? Oh, me? Okay. Uh, probably... Whoa, what would I really, really like to do? There's a There's a bit where Danny Lee, like slides a big like sofa couch back and puts a gun right in someone's random face. Like it, it goes like six feet. And I've always thought, you know, it's rolling one of those around as a, like a couch instead of like a, an office chair would be pretty great. <laughs> what do you got, Rachel? Uh, I'm going to go back to Chow Fight's apartment because I feel like I've never seen, at least in the movie or TV, an apartment that looks like that. It's got upstairs, downstairs, random door here, window here. He just opens the door, shoots somebody, turns around, shoots somebody <laughs> yeah, neo, else. Neo, super neo-noir set. Yeah. It's like, yeah. It looks like a private eyes glass sort of office, doesn't it? And then, and well, then Yeah, it's one supposed to be evocative pink. of all of that stuff. Yeah. Mm. It's cool, yeah, but I think it's, it doesn't It's not exist. a real place. <laughs> In your imagination. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What is so the coolest assassin, private eye, super dude? Where does he live? He doesn't live in a real place. He lives in that place. <laughs> so your dude this is home and have a nice apartment? Yeah, the other <laughs> the other apartment was really good as well. What, Chu Gong's apartment that uh, yeah. maybe is full of Ikea. I'm not so sure because that's a sponsored. Oh, and the <laughs> Telefunken, Telefunken um, stereos and stuff that are all sponsored because they're really yes. nice stereos and really nice looking minimalist furniture. I was going to say, Scott, you know, real estate's expensive in Hong Kong. Come on. <laughs> That's true. Uh, mine is, I can't remember who done it. Um, I think it's Chow. He pistol whipped someone because he runs <laughs> out of bullets. It's like, that's that's hard ass, man. Pistol whip. You just want to pistol whip people? Yeah. Didn't he pistol whip Danny <laughs> Lee? It might have been. Yeah, I think you're right. So, so he could shoot someone else, you know, coming. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I want to give a shout out here to... Um, uh, Sally, the the Jenny. I thought she played that character quite well because it must be tricky to be like have all the shit going in, on in front of you. I thought she played okay. She did. I well. didn't act to it. Yeah, she didn't, like lying. she flailed around a bit, but uh, and her, her direction was like just act hysterical. But I thought she did a decent enough job. And uh, Kent Sung, poor uh, one out for him. Yeah, he's dead. Cool. Yeah, <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> just he's dead. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> 
With well, you're hanging me out to dry here. Context, Everybody's dying. He died, he died this year after he came back from oh. a trip from Malaysia and Singapore, like unexpectedly. So not sure whether it's COVID or something else. Because otherwise he he was fine on holiday, and uh, he was busy taking happy snaps with people and stuff like that. But yeah, and then, then he came back whoop. and he suddenly died. Brutal man. He fell on those candles and did a forward roll, and that was it for him. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> Sort so of bumming that's, me out. that's the killer. Um, I mean, I know it sounds like we're a bit scattershot here, but it's a fantastic movie. It looks very, very nice. It's very brutal. Whoever's listening to this doesn't need us to sell it. Just go watch it if you haven't seen it. It's a classic, and it. Oh, okay, five minutes. That's the podcast. Go watch yeah, it. Yeah, that's right. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I love this film so much. Agreed. Cool. So, if you'd like to um, hear more of this, we've got. Uh, over 130 episodes uh, available where you listen to podcasts. So if you like what you're hearing, give us a nice review. And if you're going to be a low review, at least be funny. Yes. And you can get in touch with us on Facebook or Instagram, Asian Action Cast, or drop us a line, AsianActionCast at gmail.com. And if you've got a suggestion or anything like that, let us know. Anything else anybody wants to say about this movie or anything in general? Nope. It's no, good. Cool. I think we're good. More Thumbs bromance around, movies, huh? please. Oh, yeah, look, way more bromance. Sexy rivals. <laughs> I was like, maybe the thing should... is, uh, <laughs> Charles not exactly sexy in this movie. Dan Lee is though. Are you sure? <laughs> he's got a Charles got a charisma. I don't think he's an attractive man, but who am I to judge when someone has that kind of raw animal charisma? The fun, the funny thing that I thought in this movie, there's one point where he goes to Danny Lee, "Why don't you smile?" And Danny Lee can't smile for shit. And I was like, juxtapose that to Chow. Chow's got a really cool smile. That he always smirk. Has. That smirk motherfucker's got a face. smirk. Smirk on his face. And I'm like, that just, yeah, opposing uh, things there. Going back to the Golgo thing, what if you swapped out Chow and Fat with uh, Sonny Chiba? Uh, I think I think Sonny Chiba could play this part, but I also think Chow and Fat could play Sonny Chiba's part. I think. Like they're both really good. Like I don't know what it, what it is exactly where I go. That's good acting, and like I believe that guy, and he's pulling it off. He's Charles got the same kind of thing that like Brad Pitt kind of has. Like I don't think Brad Pitt's a very good actor, but I kind of still want to watch him because he's very charismatic. He sells everything. He sells everything like it's fun. Oh, I still got to watch that Bullet Train movie. Oh yeah, so do I. <laughs> well, speaking of bullet trains, we got to get out of here. All right, man. Hi. So thanks for listening, everybody. Huh. Yeah, so you see, don't